0: Hey, what's up, guys? Um, so I'm not going to lie. This has been um, quite a week for me. So I've, I have been friends with Mike Altavay, who's our co-host, and I will very much properly introduce soon. But Mike and I have been friends for a while now. I want to say like six years, maybe seven. Something and like that. Something like that. And I just realized that we are both big Buffy fans. <laughs> yes. I can't Which, believe we ever talked about it. Well, okay. To be fair, that that's my fault because I only got into Buffy uh, since the start of COVID, um, and so I I like I've always seen Buffy, you know, syndicated on TV, but I never actively invested and followed in it. Sure. And since maybe like January, I have actually started watching it on Amazon Prime all the way through. And um, first of all, amazing! I'm like yes. kicking myself for never watching it, but also. Um, it's it's kind of one of those things where maybe I was just it kind of just missed my age group, whereas maybe I was just young enough that I was like a little right. scared, scared of it. But it, like now watching it now, I'm just I'm loving the 90s aesthetic, you know, just I'm loving sure. the the practical effects and the makeup. Oh, right. my gosh, I'm I'm obsessed. And so the episode I just watched last night to give you a reference of where I am, um, it wasn't too much of an important episode. It was season four, episode nine, okay. which is um, it's just a random episode, basically, where Willow um cast a spell and like uh Buffy and Spike kind of have like this like betrothed engagement yes uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. Yep.
0: and so nothing like I really not that big of an episode in the grand scheme of things it was a one and done but from my understanding from the Buffyverse the next episode I'm watching is season four episode 10 which is Hush
1: oh yeah. yes and yes. I hear Hush Love is it.
0: like an iconic Buffy episode. Absolutely.
1: Yes. yes. I'm
0: so excited. I almost watched it um, yesterday afternoon. Then I was like, no, I can't watch it during the day. Like, I need everything to be perfect. for Right. Season-
1: yes. For so you time. have to. Yeah. You can't just have it on the, you gotta be like, the drink has to be ready. The food,
0: like no distractions, right time of day. You have to be awake. Yep. Well, and th- I, th- from what I gather, because I don't know anything about what happens in the episode. I just know it's got an amazing villain. But I hear it, the episode, there's almost little, there's no dialogue. So I'm like, you have to be, you know, yes. right into it. and right, so you have to be
1: paying attention, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so, yeah, I'm very excited for it. I hear it's amazing. Um, so far, and again, like, I, I don't want to, like, have it spoiled for myself. I've watched the first three seasons in full. I'm going to have to say, I think season three is pretty freaking awesome. Yes. Oh my gosh! Like I, I, like I always knew that Eliza Dishku was in the show, mm-hmm. and I just didn't know that that was her trajectory with the character. Where like sure. I always kind of thought she would hang around and be like a casual hero that pops in like five episodes at a time and then disappears. No, she like goes full heel by the end of the season. Like right, she's a right, villain. Yeah, right. yeah. Yep. So. I never like again. I I like kind of watched them passing on syndication, but I never knew that. And so even for like for someone that you know, Buffy's been around for now over twenty years, I that was a, like a nice surprise, I guess. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, oh man, I love that dynamic. I love that she was working for the mayor, and mm-hmm. you know, he ended up being a very surprisingly satisfying villain as well. What
1: a great character! Hey, eh? oh my god.
0: Yeah. Sorry. No, nowhere. Like I, It was just. It hit all of the beats and like the the scale got bigger with the school at the end of the season. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Season three, like, sat with me in, in the best way possible. I'm like, that's how you do TV.
1: Well, that's the thing is, like, I'm actually kind of close to where you are because I only started watching it three years ago. Yeah, like, I got into it because of Jolie and another friend of ours, as well as other people, always talking about it, right? And I always knew it was there. Like, I remember when it was coming out, when I was, uh, when I was like, in my 20s, I think, um, you know, like, I used to collect uh, Entertainment Weekly. And I remember, like, every once in a while, Buffy would be on the cover or there'd be, like, a, a guide to Buffy. And I remember I'd keep those issues because at the back of my mind, I thought, I've never seen the show, but I know one day I'm going to watch it. I know I'm going to like it. OK, so then years go by and I think Jolie had the box set for Firefly. So I watched that in like a week and I love. Have you seen Firefly?
0: I, I have, but it's I've only saw it when it first came out. So, okay. like, yeah, it's
1: incredible. I love Firefly. And then, I mean, I've seen, you know, Cabin in the Woods. Uh, I've seen. Oh, uh, yeah. What, what's the musical uh, doctor something? Uh, there's like a there's a web series called. Wow. If anyone's watching, this is embarrassing. I don't remember what it's called, but like Joss Whedon did this web series starring, uh, what's his name? I'll have to look it up right now. Cause the people right now are going to be criticizing us. Um, <laughs> hold on a sec. But anyway, I watched that and, uh, I was like, well, this is amazing. Dr. Horrible, Dr. Homolo- Dr. Oh. Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. Check it out. It's amazing. Okay. Yeah. And then I mean, whatever. And then it was just like one day I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm going to watch this. And I think this was because jolie and i were roommates as you know and this was before we become roommates i started to watch it and she just came in again like for for her it was like the thousandth time but she came in around season two or three and we just started watching like every like at least one or two episodes a day we would watch right yeah and first of all some people are like oh you just have to get through season
0: one no season one's great i don't care what i love season one it was great you know I liked it as a foundational season. I think three is better, but oh, I don't hate I don't hate one. Right, right. But one was fine. And yeah. then,
1: like, to me, it, first of all, as someone who's a superhero fan, is this not the best superhero show you've ever seen where it's like, you know, superheroes sometimes take themselves a little bit too seriously, but Buffy does the opposite. It's like, no, let's just, let's just accept that this is ridiculous. Let's just accept that vampires are ridiculous that robots are ridiculous that (laughs) all of this stuff the sci-fi and fantasy it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek but they still can do the drama between the characters right right yeah the characters are real the comedy's real so oh i got nothing bad to say about it i
0: love it have you noticed too as you progress through the series they do less one-off episodes like less monster of the week episodes and the episodes have become more um just like integrated really well like the character arcs Less like they still have a couple every now and then where it's like monster of the week, but it's not as common. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And
1: also, I also find that the like you know at that time, like that was around what two thousand started, I think
0: nineteen
1: ninety seven. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So that that was like you know just before the golden age of television, right? So X Files had already been out, but this was before shows started started having arcs, right? Yeah. So this was like one of the first it goes ahead of its time and as it goes on it builds and builds and builds and even though each season is it's got its own big bag big bad there's sort of an overarching story and you're only on season four right and just there's so much to come it's amazing
0: well i do know just from like pop culture i know that willow gets a very big arc of like next couple seasons so i'm very excited to see that i heard a lot of people kind of compare it to dark phoenix absolutely yep so i'm very excited for that
1: and and Joss Whedon was definitely influenced by Chris Claremont and, and Dark Phoenix and New Mutants. And it's cool because if you go and watch the X-Men Evolution cartoon, mm-hmm. there's some, not only other direct Buffy references, there's actual scenes where, do you know what rot- rotoscoping is in animation? No. R- rotoscoping is where you just take live actors and you just draw over them. So that way the animation is fluid. So you're basically like taking, like you take someone dancing and you just basically trace it. But you, you convert it into animation, right? So the animation is completely fluid, like a real person. So they did that with a couple scenes of, like, Buffy and Faith dancing and stuff like that. And they would just make it, you know, Rogue and Kitty pride or whatever. And there's a couple times they do that. It's really cool.
0: That's actually, you know what? I can, I can think of those scenes in Buffy that they probably rotoscoped. Absolutely, I can actually, yeah. Like- picture it in my head now yeah (laughs) well speaking of amazing television welcome to the full volume podcast i am your i'm one of your co-hosts usually this is harvey brent and today you might be scratching your head and wondering why i'm joined by the amazing mike l um welcome mike
1: thank you thank you for having me seriously
0: yeah and great and today our our you know our our staple G.I. Jolie, she's off um, today. She had some uh, some things to take care of uh, that were rather important. So uh, Mike said he'd hop on the podcast today with me and and uh, unpack the season finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldiers. So I'm I'm much appreciative of that. Thanks, Mike. For sure, for sure.
1: And obviously, I feel terrible that Jolie couldn't do the season finale. So she'll have to maybe next week, the week after, she'll have to do her, you know,
0: recap of or of this episode. So. Well, I'm sure she's going to have some things to say, as do I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I sometimes I recap it. Jolie will have me recap it or she'll recap it. Um, You know, I I just, I feel like I just have to go off the, on the bat. And I, I actually don't know what your take is for the entire season so far. Did you want to give the listeners maybe just a quick overview of your, your vibe of the season? Sure.
1: Okay, so let's put it this way. Uh, you guys started full volume mainly because of WandaVision, right? Yeah. And, I mean, I love WandaVision. I Actually, it's funny because there seems to be a split, not 50-50, but maybe like 70-30, of, of people that love WandaVision and the people that hate it. And But I find the people that didn't like WandaVision are more of the typical comic book fanboys that I didn't understand what was going on. It was so boring. <laughs> Does it get any better? I actually preferred... The early episodes when WandaVision was, when Wanda was stuck in like the sitcom stuff, that was more interesting to me, right? And as it, as it went on, it was less interesting, but still good. But I love WandaVision, okay? So when this started, I kind of knew there's no way they could follow up WandaVision. And I do like the interplay between Falcon and Winter Soldier. But overall, to me, this has been more of a typical Marvel property to me than WandaVision. And that's my overall take
0: totally yeah, yeah. and I, I i feel like again if if um if you've li- listened to any of our past episodes of the falcon winter soldier we've we have found it a bit of a struggle to get through just for that sake where it was like it's just it doesn't stand out from some of the captain america films you know it's just right I, it's it just the the aesthetic and the narrative it's blending in so much that I'm like, what? Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's not standing out to me. And so I don't not I don't want people to think that it's a bad show by any means. It's Mm. not. Is it as interesting as WandaVision personally? No, no. no, Is it as, is it as well done? No, no. Um, it what did it. (laughs) And then speaking to the finale, did it end as well as WandaVision? No,
1: no, no. we, we can get to that in a minute, but I just want to say one thing. Uh, about, for example, last week's episode, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So last week, from what I remember... Okay, because two weeks ago, it ended with Johnny Walker or John Walker killing the guy. Yep. And then last week's episode, I don't remember how what happened, but I just remember it felt like it ended halfway through. And it was kind of like a conclusion. And then you're like, oh, the episode's done. You're like, Wait, there's still 30 minutes left. And then all of a sudden uh sam wilson's back on the boat with his sister and there's all this montage of them working and i'm like what the hell is going on
0: absolutely awful pacing last week yes frustrating pacing yes (laughs)
1: like and the thing is is i I actually brought this up on spider cast and and becca and brent and uh not brent becca and josh were defending it and i was like guys like i'm not saying it was bad But, you know, when you're watching a show, there's a sense of like, okay, this is the beginning. This is the middle. This is the end. But it's like we already had the end. So what are we now? What is this? And it's like it almost felt like they 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 filmed the episodes one way and then they decided later, oh, you know what? No, we have to combine these two and then add this part to this episode. And it felt like it ended halfway through and then they just filled in the rest.
0: Right. Absolutely agree. Yeah, like, and I, I feel like Jolie agreed with me last week, too, where it's just it just felt so discombobulated. And what's worse is they did it to a show like this, which I already had such a hard time following because just it just doesn't stick out. You know, the only right. the the narrative that I really grasped onto. And thankfully, that was the only good thing about this week was the actual um, subtext about racism in America. That's the only thing that I could really like get from like Sam scenes with Isaiah Bradley. right, I, right. right. I, at times he speaks to uh, Bucky about it. But other than that, like the whole espionage side of this show does not stand out. And then they decided to cut it like that last week. Oh my gosh. Right. It, it was it was challenging for me to follow along. Like, and not that I'm an unintelligent person, but I'm just like, I you guys, right. like this is just it's not standing out to me.
1: That's the thing, is a lot of times when you say something's confusing, people are like, What well, are you stupid? It's obvious. But it's like <laughs> No, no, I can figure out what's going on. I can decipher what's going on, but it shouldn't be so. And I'm not saying it's confusing, but it's just more meandering. It's like they don't know what the story is. Yeah. What the focus is. So, and here's another thing let's just talk about subplots. Baron Zemo. What happened to Baron Zemo? Let's just build him up as the big bad for half the series and then just ditch him. and And now he's locked up somewhere. Like, talk about a letdown you know i know you complained about quicksilver this was that this baron zemo thing was far worse of a letdown
0: i think i actually talked about that either it was either last week or it actually might have been the week before where i was like you know what julie i bet you that they are going to completely drop baron zemo and that's what they did right right and i was like they're gonna use him as a freaking plot device you know and just use him use him to get the boys to madripoor do things in Madripoor he was there in and then you know he's gonna have some piss poor excuse for wanting to get rid of super soldiers right. and then he is going to leave and that's exactly what happened I knew they were going to do that with right. him
1: and and it's just you know there's such a thing as defying audience expectations and blah 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 but to me it's like they're building him up in such a way that didn't you weren't you kind of expecting like a Hannibal Lecter type thing we have to break out this crazy guy to help us catch these other crazy guys so to me, it would have been so much more interesting if he would have pulled a double cross and killed somebody or did something, but he he, he killed that one guy, the scientist. Yeah. But then they, they were like, don't do that again. You know, that, was, <laughs> that was it, you know, like, come on.
0: Well, yeah, and that actually happened. I feel like, again, maybe I'm jumping the gun a bit, but that kind of happens this week with um, John Walker, a.k.a. U.S. Agent. Yeah. What in the actual hell? All of a sudden in the final battle, he's fighting alongside... Right to help save civilians and then like no consequences and just walks off are you kidding
1: me right and they're like oh you know they're like, <laughs> they're, they were actually like trading quips with him like it should have been like a reluctant like okay we'll let you help us but then we're gonna kick your ass but no it, it's just like it's like they just dropped the ball on all these threads it was really
0: weird the only thread that I was satisfied with was, again, that conversation around race. And, yeah. you know, that's the only thing I think that landed in the finale. Everything else, whether it was John Walker, Carly Morgenthau, even Bucky's resolution was poor. I'm like, what? You know,
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, well, let's. Uh, OK, so do you want. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about John Walker? Because that was the worst.
0: It was the worst, but I also feel like, in in John Walker's defense, it's going to give us the most to talk about today.
1: Sure, sure. <laughs> and the, the thing is, is like, so I don't know if you have you read, because okay, I've read the, because this storyline is adapted from a few sources. One of them is when Captain America quits in the nineteen eighties. I don't know if you ever read that story.
0: I no, I but I am aware of US Agent just sure. outside of the reading, so I, I can roughly follow his trajectory.
1: Well, just for the record, if you get the chance, maybe we can review this somehow in a future episode. The original comic storyline is excellent. It starts in Captain America 332 and goes to 350. Basically, the government tells Steve Rogers, we own the name Captain America. We don't like what you're doing. So you either shape up or ship out. So Steve Rogers quits, okay? Mm. So Steve Rogers quits, and then they hired John Walker to be the new Captain America. But John Walker used to be a superhero named... The Super Patriot, okay? And the Super Patriot was this uh, over-nationalistic, over-patriotic superhero, blah, blah, blah. He had these two buddies named Right Winger and Left Winger, okay? (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then I can't remember exactly what happened, but I think one of them became the new Bucky, and then he changed his name to Battlestar, and he was black, just like this guy, right? Okay. And so then John Walker is Captain America for, like, a year. In the meantime, Steve Rogers becomes the captain and the captain wears a, a Captain America costume that's black. So black with the flag on it, it's a little bit different, but it's basically Captain America. So that goes on for a year. John Walker gets crazier and crazier and crazier. And then eventually Steve Rogers and uh, John Walker fight. And then uh, Steve Rogers becomes Captain America again. John Walker is like, gives up. Then like two issues later, John Walker re-emerges with the same black costume, steve rogers had and now he's calls himself the u.s agent and so So we
0: got shades of that in this episode right shades yes but yeah it doesn't it didn't follow the exact trajectory there Mm -hmm. it's you know i in a way it almost makes me wonder in a what if scenario you know man it would have been possibly really interesting to have um john walker be introduced in the mcu earlier and kind of set those seeds you know maybe some antagonism with steve rogers and and whatnot. That actually would have been kinda of cool. But I, I also do love you know the fact that it's it's um, Sam that kind of basically has to <laughs> put him in his place. That's cool too. But it would have been interesting to see them play out that storyline because it does sound like an interesting I, meaty storyline.
1: It's great. And the thing is, is this the storyline with Sam is different. Like I I haven't actually read it, but there's the whole storyline of Sam becoming Captain America which they combined, and I haven't read it, so I can't say whether it's good or not, but you are right, it would have been ideal if they would have introduced John Walker earlier. And this is one thing I remember uh, saying to uh, Becca, when, when when Steve Rogers did his thing in Endgame, and he basically retired, I was like, you know, this is a cool story, but I would like to see Steve Rogers continue as Captain America. And Becca's like, well, no, I want to see a new Captain America. And I said, here's the problem. There's three Captain America movies four Avengers movies there's like 800 Captain America comics there's a lot of stories they didn't cover and this is one of them right like yeah. if they would have had a story um, like I'm not saying they could do a TV show but if they would have had some way of introducing John Walker earlier it would have been better it would have been
0: ideal right yeah I agree I think that would have been really cool and like you know set those those seeds earlier for like a turn as a villain because I I will say like I actually have to admit, out of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think the most interesting thing for me was John Walker's eventual villainous turn. Like, they, I think they did kind, of, they did set that up well. Did it land in the finale? No, but no. the first, the first five episodes, I really was into this whole trajectory of descent into into villainy. Um, but I, it would have been cool to see him kind of riff off Steve Rogers and you know maybe one of the Captain America films earlier and have that set up. Is it, like, the end of the world? No. No, no, no. But I'm just saying it would be a cool what if. Right.
1: And the thing is, is, yeah, I mean, it's never going to be exact. And they did what they could with what they had. It's just that considering how much they built up that finale with him being videotaped, right? Yeah it's like okay that's a great finale but now you got to follow it up and they really didn't and it would have been so easy like even like i know uh, for example with wandavision there was criticisms of the final episode and one of the compl- one of the excuses was well you know we were kind of rushed and we filmed the- this scene but we cut it and blah 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 okay fine but it wouldn't have really cost more money to just have the characters not be happy with john what john walker like they could have just had an insert of them being like, okay, next time we meet we're enemies or something. I don't know what, <laughs> right? But by the way, you're still an asshole. But they just yeah. dropped the
0: ball. It, very, very poor writing there. Or very poor right, editing right. or very poor story editing. Whoever did that, done fucked up.
1: <laughs> right, 100%. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, and again, it's... I, I, You know, usually, or I'd say half the time, Jolie and I go through the episode beat by beat. I don't even think this is an episode in which I can do that. Because it's just... It was so muddled and there, granted there's a lot of action. The action was great, you know, right. fine. But everything was so muddled in the in the the narratives and the motives, you know, at one point we have, you know, Sam and um, and Bucky, you know, fighting super soldiers. We have US agent, well, John Walker jumping in there, and then, you know, all of a sudden it's like a triple threat match, you know, between the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the three sides. And then at the same time, all of a sudden we have, you know, Carly Morgenthau fighting um john walker for a bit and then it transitions into a fight with sharon carter and it was just it was so much that bled into each other and it just it wasn't done well and i I don't know i I, maybe not done well but not done effectively
1: you know and that's the thing is even um i I don't usually pay attention to like set pieces and stuff but i even thought that the Mm -hmm. final battle was a little bit cheap and yeah like you know what you know when they walk into that like factory or whatever that whatever that is like they're walking through that factory and I'm thinking, you know what? like I again, I don't usually criticize sets, but you know, there's such a thing as an effective setting for a final battle. and you think about a movie like say Terminator, they're in this robot factory with steam mm-hmm. everywhere, and it's a and it's the setting sort of matches what what the battle's about, and it looks good and it's cool. This is like,
0: oh, like what you couldn't afford a good set, so you just went into like a boiler room somewhere, you know and that is that is it that is the point right there to make is that. There is something to be said for iconic set pieces, especially in like a climax of, you know, the culmination of a fight scene. There is something to be said about selling the severity of your of your story and the importance of the outcome with an iconic set piece. And this show did not accomplish that.
1: Right. Like even uh, even in X-Men, the first X-Men movie, I actually thought it was cheesy when they were when Wolverine and Sabretooth were fighting on the Statue of Liberty. And then yeah. I found out later that Brian Singer was like, oh well, it's because the theme is uh, you know, um alienation and integration and this, that, and the other. And I thought, okay, at least they're going at least there's something in mind. Yeah. But it still would have been you know, again, okay, so what's the theme here? It's racism it isn't it's national blah 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 do something i don't know what but think of something that like like have it all be videotaped you know have have a crowd watching or something i don't know what
0: just something not in a poorly lit boiler room too right like right, like a right. poorly lit construction site for half of it no that was like again it, you know i have to we have to maybe give um some acknowledgement to the fact that half of this series was filmed during covid and I'm sure there's some unimaginable obstacles they have to deal with in keeping everybody safe, but <sighs> I know, you you gotta be more creative, right? Uh man, I don't know. Like and again, I don't want to sound too negative. Like again, all Marvel properties I like, including this one, but I would probably not watch this one again if I had the choice. No.
1: And whereas WandaVision I could watch again tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 I would I don't know if I could do it tomorrow, but you know Yeah, but
1: soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would be
0: curious to visit WandaVision like in in next winter, you know, and just be like, oh, how did this hold up? Especially right right before Doctor Strange. That would be cool. Sure. Yeah. Um but honestly, if I had to rank uh, you know, this this series and you know against all the movies, I would say it's like second last out of every single MCU film Um, and show ever. Well, not what's not including like Agents of Shield, none of that budget stuff. I'm sure. just talking like mainline Marvel MCU
1: studios. Yeah, mainline. Oh man, yeah. Like if you were to, yeah, I, I would say like the bottom is usually people say like the Hulk movie with Ed Norton
0: or Thor: Dark World
1: or Thor: Dark World. That's pretty dull. Yeah. Uh, and then those are pretty much the bottom of the barrel.
0: This one's close to it. You're right. I think this is, like, yeah, second last or third last down there. So I don't think it's the worst, but it's close. And But, again, that's not – It's I don't want to sound too negative. Like, I would give the show, like, if I had to rate it out of 100, I'd give it, like, a 68. You know? Like, not – it's not a failure. It's just not particularly amazing (laughs) at what it's trying to do.
1: And the thing is, is, like, even when I saw the trailer – I was like, because I'm very skeptical because sometimes trailers like the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer didn't look good to me, but I love the movie. So I didn't want to prejudge it too harshly based on the trailer. But when I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, what are they going for here? It's clearly like a lethal weapon, buddy cop type thing. But I still felt like all of that humor, it felt like they wrote the script and then they had another guy come in and go, okay, add a joke here, add a joke here, add a joke here. (laughs) And even though the jokes were funny, it felt like inorganic the way that it would oscillate between serious and and funny, you know? And even in this episode, I, I laughed out loud after uh, Sam Wilson did the speech, and then he was walking towards Bucky, and Bucky's like, oh, sorry, I was texting. All I heard was black guy and shield, you know? Like, yeah. that was hilarious. <laughs> but, like, a lot of the humor didn't land as well, and it just felt, like, shoehorned in. Totally. Yeah, you know?
0: I... And, like... I, yeah, I agree with you. The humor wasn't—it was, yeah, it was tolerable, but it wasn't as effective as something like Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's just so organically built into the energy of that of that movie. You know? Right, right, right. Uh, so yeah, I I feel like I'm not gonna be able to give like an effective recap today because it's just I feel like what we're doing is good. Where we're just we're breaking down different aspects. You know? Right. Um, so actually, maybe I wanted to get your opinion because this is the one part of the show that I think maybe stuck the landing. How did you feel about the resolution of, you know, this whole reconciliation of the idea of Sam taking over the mantle of Captain America, what that represents in terms of patriotism and racism in America, and how, you know, he brought that forward? How do you feel like, you know, the show handled that, that conversation about, you know, Sam taking over that role, but also, you know, acknowledging the fact that, you know, America, as, as it is, is not a welcoming place for black people?
1: Well, I think that's probably the strongest part of the show, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, I mean, obviously in the real world, a speech like that would not have met, would not have been so conveniently in front of so many cameras at just the right time. But for what it is, for a scripted TV show, I thought that speech at the end was great, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I mean, again, it's, it's a little bit of a, a str- like, you know, the, the senator that he was arguing with, it's a little bit of a straw man, like, and in a, again with a perfect script there would have been an equally as uh effective speech against what he was saying but that's fine but what he was saying was great also the timing could like, could not be perfect more perfect right yeah. considering what just happened this week and what's continuing to go on every day uh i i mean you know there was a time i think in in marvel comics where it, in, in the 90s especially where they basically stop talking about real issues. They stop talking about race. They stop talking about drugs. And I'm glad that Marvel's dealing with it because, you know, you could argue there's a better way to do it, but why not just come out and say it, you know? Like, the racism is there. Yeah. I, I, you know, and when when he says, you know, you know they're never going to accept a black man as Captain America, there's some truth to that, right? So why not just address the elephant in the room, right? Well, so I thought that was really well done.
0: We've had a real, I mean, you know, as as a society we've had a real life parallel with that when barack obama was elected president right you, you right. could argue that the presidency the, the actual sitting president is a represent is supposed to represent americans and a lot of people did not accept him
1: yep 100%
0: so, you're right there's precedent there in real life too um and, but you know again when we're talking um you know marvel and we're talking comics i I just love I love the way they handled that because they're not wrong and in their interpretation of it because we saw it in real life with Barack. Yeah,
1: 100 percent, 100 percent. And also, uh, I know that some people don't like retcons, but uh, the Isaiah Bradley thing,
0: mm-hmm. that,
1: that's a comic book story, too. Um, what was it called? Captain America Truth, I think. And I'm like, I'm glad they brought that. What a great idea. It's like if this was real and if it was started in the 1930s, that's
0: probably what they'd have done. They would have experimented on black people first. Right. They there actually is a real life precedent for that as well, and I I don't know if you've heard of this. It was either in the '50s or the '70s, um, where they were um, oh gosh, was it an, it was a, a vaccine or um, uh, a drug for uh, syphilis or something, and they experimented on black people. Right,
1: and I can't remember the name of that. I, I, I've yeah. got the name somewhere, but is it just it begins with T? It does. It to does Tuskegee and... experiment oh. or oh we we sound like idiots.
0: I know. I'm, I apologize to listeners, but yeah. I, oh, I, 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 I hmm. <laughs> I'm, oh, Tuskegee, Tuskegee. Yeah. Tuskegee syphilis study. That might be it. And then it took place, I think, was it is somewhere in the central U.S., like was it Kansas or, oh, that's going to bother me. There was some so- sort of.
1: I'll just, bre- I'll just read the, the one paragraph. The purpose of the study was to observe the natural history of untreated syphilis. Although the, the African-American men who participated in the study were told they were receiving free health care from the federal government, they were not. Uh, so yeah, it was an ethically abusive study. Basically, yeah, like you said, performed on black men.
0: Yeah, in Alabama. Okay, it was uh, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. So anyway, so that's that's another though, like, you know, this kind of brings me to Um, This is good storytelling where nothing that Marvel, you know, the themes that Marvel presents to us, they didn't make these narratives up. These are things that have already existed. This is the perfect example the Tuskegee Tuskegee syphilis study. Like, you know, that's a perfect representation of this whole experimentation on black people to create the first ever Captain America quote. Right. You know, so um, the show did a fantastic job in bringing those parallels again to light.
1: And the thing is, is I know there's 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 people that think the best way to deal with racism is to not talk about it. I think that is idiotic and childish. Oh, yeah. uh, and I, I think it's important to talk about it because when you when you when you don't talk about it, you get people to think either it doesn't exist or that it was so far in the past that it doesn't matter. But like you just said, the Tuskegee experiment was from 1932 to ni- and 1972. So this okay. is recent. Yeah. I was born in 76. This is recent history you know so it's it's dangerous because if we if we try to bury our heads in the sand it's it's like that old you know saying those that uh ignore the past are doomed to repeat it or, or those that don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it and that's exactly what this is a case of so i think it's very important to talk about it
0: absolutely absolutely and i i was actually thinking too um if we ever could we should get more like people of color actually guesting on full volume podcasts.
1: <laughs> 100 percent, yeah
0: I, yeah, I'm gonna and
1: everything you. we do, yeah, with Spider Cast, everything, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm, I mean that's something that I'm gonna have to talk to uh, Gi Jolie about and see if we can, you know, definitely invite some more people with different perspectives because maybe there's something you know we're missing out on that. Sure. You know, could we could help communicate that message? You know, we have a platform to do it. Absolutely, you're right. So, you're right. So, um, but anyways, yeah, I think that was really well handled in the show. Um, another thing that uh, another aspect of the show, so. I think it was very poorly done, but I'm excited to see where it goes. Is Sharon Carter as the power broker?
1: Yes, I didn't see that coming. Uh, oh no, eh? Th- well, not really. No, only yeah. because, like, see, I I know Sharon Carter, and I don't know if this is uh, based on a comic story, but I know Sharon Carter as Captain, as Steve Rogers' girlfriend. You know? And, like, yes, she is a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent or whatever, but to me, she's, like, the lowest lane. So, I just... I don't know. Maybe I'm missing a piece of the puzzle, but I just didn't see that coming.
0: So. so... Yeah, funny you should mention that. I Jolie and I had a chat about that on this show uh, one of these weeks, and I said... it was. I think it might have been the week that they went to Madripoor, and I said, I'm like, I bet you dollars to donuts Sharon Carter's gonna be the power broker. And it wasn't so much... Um, you know, it was based not on comic history at all. It was... It was based on writing because okay. they kept they kept saying the power broker, he, 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 you know, him. Right. And I was like, oh, okay they keep emphasizing this masculine pronoun. It's not going to be a man. And nice. so, I up, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I was like, I was actually thrilled. They didn't do a good job revealing it. They did a very poor job revealing it. They did a terrible job, you know, with the final showdown with Carly Morgenthau and I don't know what the hell that was. I'm still not really clear on Sharon Carter's motives per se. Um, right. I guess I guess she's just, you know, super chapped about the fact that she's been exiled from the states and uh, do you want to take it from there cuz I don't know. Well, yeah,
1: it's <laughs> like you, you mean like the 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 post credits ending and all that stuff?
0: That part so that part actually gives me hope for the future okay. cuz I think I'm excited to see where that goes, but why in the first place would she decide to go down this road of villainy?
1: I don't know. I guess like a power, like, you know, she feels disempowered. So this is her way to get power. Maybe I really don't know.
0: Exactly. And I, I think they, they handle that fairly poorly. There is a conversation about it with Carly and the showdown, but it's, it's not effective. Right. Right. I hate to say, but they could have been a little more dramatic about it <laughs> because right. it would have helped really relay the message to me as a viewer. Um, so I think it was handled poorly, but I am very, like, based on the post credit scene with with Sharon Carter, I'm excited to see where it goes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It makes her a more interesting character, right? Like, I, I think one of the best things about WandaVision and Winter Soldier is they've taken supporting characters, Right that could have been easily forgotten and they've brought them back and given them much bigger roles. Like even Baron Zemo, like when Baron Zemo was in Winter Soldier, I think he was only in one movie, right? He kind of just came and went and it was like, oh, I guess they're done with Baron Zemo. But at least they did something with him, right?
0: Yeah, and same with um, George Petrock, which is played by George St. Pierre. Right. They brought him back in a way that felt like he's he was never a major character in Captain America and the Winter Soldier, but they right. brought him back for this and it, it, it I felt like it worked. Yeah, so
1: And the you know the thing is is I mean, obviously I love these as I love these uh stories done as movies, but there is something to be said, like we, we talked about earlier, uh there's something to be said for a TV show where you can fit in more stories per year. And even though I did enjoy Agents of Shield to some extent, one of the things that drove me crazy about Agents of Shield is that you know, you've got like fifteen hundred or something other Marvel characters they could have used. And they kind of instead just made up these new characters, and then they didn't really, they didn't really explore the Marvel universe as much as they could have. I felt, you know, it's like they, they they should have been doing with Agents of Shield what they're doing now with these shows, which is give these other superhero characters
0: more of a spotlight. You know. I always assume the case that why they didn't do that was budget issues. <laughs> I was just like, well, oh, they probably, probably, they probably can't afford those actors. That's what my assumption was.
1: That's probably part of it. You're right. Like, and I know that, um, I don't know if you guys have talked about this, but I know that Marvel studios was for a long time separate from Marvel TV. Yes. Like there was, you know, there was agents of shield and then there was Netflix, which was separate. And then there was like Hulu, which is also separate. And as far as I know, that you Did you ever see that show Hellstorm or Hellstrom or whatever it's called?
0: No. Okay. I, I know that's one of the ones I have yeah. not watched.
1: No, one, no one's seen it. Yeah. This show is a Marvel property and no one on Earth has seen it. But apparently it was the last property done under the old deal. And now everything going forward from WandaVision on is all going to be integrated into one thing. And so I think at least the continuity will be better going forward.
0: Which is weird because, like, if you think about it, the MCU started in 2008 with Iron Man, more or less. And these TV properties popped up after that. You think they would have already, like, planned to integrate that into the MCU, but they didn't. I feel that's so weird.
1: Well, you know what's even weirder is Joss Whedon directed Avengers 1 and 2. Yes. As far as I know, his brother was the executive producer or showrunner of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Joss Whedon came out in the public and said, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, like, the, we don't even acknowledge Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not even in our continuity. And it's like, what a diss to his
0: brother. You know what I mean? Oh. So, well, yeah. based on everything that's coming out about Joss Whedon, that seems pretty on brand.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's been so many stories now that it's kind of hard to, you know. But, I mean, I still love his writing, but.
0: That's one of those yeah, things probably, where it's like how do you separate the artist from the art? It's tough to do, you know? Like, right, right. But I, right. I, I, I'm I, guilty of it. I'm watching Buffy right now, and he is the creator, for you know, right. lack of a better term, of that universe. So it's like...
1: And he's also one of them... Like, he's the... Every script came through him. So even if he didn't write it, he did a pass at it. So it's... He's basically the Stan Lee of that show, right? So... Yeah.
0: And it's it's tough, because I'm like, wow, you sound like a real dick, and you sound like you really, like, harass Charisma Carpenter. You know? Right. It's like, how do I support... You know my love for the show and her role on the show while also not supporting you it's it's tough you know it's this gray. is one of these gray areas uh, mm-hmm. um but anyways we're getting getting off topic there but um i was just gonna say so yeah sharon carter i'm excited to see where that goes um do you i mean i'm trying to think if we have any other major aspects of the show to talk about we've covered the racism in the show which is big um I guess we didn't cover Sam's or sorry, Bucky's resolution, but it wasn't much of a resolution. Well, was, yeah.
1: What was the resolution with him? I don't even remember.
0: Uh, he went to Mr. Nakajima and admitted that he killed his son, which was one of the flashbacks from the first episode.
1: <sighs> right. You are you forgiven.
0: If, you're forgiven if you forgot that because it was so brief.
1: Yeah. And I remember he told him and I remember the guy's reaction. But then and then I remember him walking by him in the restaurant. But what happened? What did he say? What did the guy say? I don't even remember. I don't remember right. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, wait a minute. Did I like fall asleep? What happened? Yeah, that was weird. And then and yeah, at the same, that was they dropped and, the ball on
0: that. And the psychologist picks up his list and like you know the list of of people and it has all the names crossed out. And she just you know nods an affirmation and walks away. Like it's like they like mechanically touched on all these beats. It's just right, so. Right.
1: Ob- oh, you know what? You know what? Okay. Here's the thing. Look, let's just get really harsh for a minute here. <sighs> I can forgive quite a bit. Okay. But you're absolutely right when you describe it as being mechanical because I think a lot of times, even if you have a bad script, a bad script can be covered up by, you know, good lighting and good music and even a good actor. And sometimes you can be tricked into thinking like, oh, yeah, this is fine. And then when you go back and watch it again, you go, well, that wasn't very good. In this episode, there was moments, just like you said, where I could feel – The actors like, okay, I want you to look and, you know, look at that guy and nod or, you know, say this line. But I felt like it was so insincere. Like, I felt like some of these actors were like, like, what's his name? Uh, Bucky uh, Sebastian. Sebastian. When he's like walking by that restaurant, he looks in and he kind of like nods or whatever he does. It just felt so like amateur. like 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 some joe blow director was like okay walk over here look in the window okay now walk away but there was it was so like phony it didn't feel like real at all it just felt like a substitute for a real emotion
0: totally there there's something completely insincere about particularly bucky's resolution i think sam had it a bit better off Mm -hmm. um but yeah not not impressed um you know, again, as much as I loved uh, the progression of U.S. Agent this uh, this season, last episode, extremely poor showing for him. Right, right. It's, and that's not, not nothing against the actor, but just the way those scenes were structured in the order. Like, you know, he's fighting alongside Bucky, no consequences, and all of a sudden now he's hanging out with Valentina, you know, and right, adopting right, this... Right. What? Like, it's just no. poor.
1: Uh, did you guys talk about uh countessa valentina whatever her name is
0: de allegra um we talked about her last week i you know it was obviously a small role so we didn't get too much into it again this week she has a small role but i think the consensus last week between jolie and i was she's a between her and Catherine Hahn, i'm very excited to see where the mcu goes
1: <laughs> yeah like i mean unfortunately this was spoiled by of course my mother She's like, of oh, I heard that uh, Elaine from Seinfeld is in a Marvel property. And I'm like, oh, well, I wonder what it could be, you know? <laughs> so it was completely spoiled. And here's the thing is like, and this is the Seinfeld curse, is that all I see is Elaine. But I still think Julie Louis-Dreyfus is a good actress. And, and so you could see that, it, like, in her delivery. Like, there was the one part where I think she was sitting with uh, whatever her name is. And she was like what is taking him so long or whatever she said. And I was like, Oh, like (laughs) she's so, like she's great. Right. She's hilarious.
0: She chooses her scenes. Like, Oh man, I I'm excited for her to be actually, now that I think about going forward, you know, between this show and possibly WandaVision, we have three female characters that are potentially a really big threat going forward, which is um, Valentina um Sharon Carter and then uh you know um Agatha was a right, bit more right. subdued, but I it they'd be foolish not to use her again. Sure, all they so, well for sure. So it's just it's so exciting to me that we get a lot of these female villains going forward, which I mean, you know, you could argue that we had um Kate Blanchett and Thor Ragnarok. Right. Was it Kate right. Blanchett? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, we've had female villains, but I feel like maybe going forward these are gonna be like A collective thanos you know just like that overarching villain i would love to see that
1: and you know it's funny because now that i'm thinking about it, i think one of the things one of the one of the reasons why we might be disappointed by the way that the storylines went is that obviously when you have a movie it's only two hours when you have a traditional netflix show you drop a season in one day right and you can marathon it one day but one of the one of the good things about spreading it out is the buzz builds over time Right. You can talk about it every week. But I guess one of the downsides is, is that if we would have walked in and watched a two hour movie, we would have walked out and been like, we probably would have forgot everything that we like by the two hour mark. You kind of forget. You're like, I was hoping they would do more with, you know, John Walker, but they didn't. But because it was spread out over six or seven or eight weeks you know, you have all that time to think about, oh, what are they going to do with John Walker? What are they going to do with Baron Zemo? And then when it doesn't play out, it's really disappointing. And so I think it's almost like they're going to have to readapt to doing a weekly show because because, the you know, the, the feedback from the audience is instantaneous.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's almost like it's almost like they have to I, I don't even know what the conclusion I'm coming to is, but it's like they have to be more careful because they have to anticipate okay, if we set up uh, what's his name to play Quicksilver um, Evan Peters yeah there's going to be this level of expectation so we can't deliver this we have to we have to anticipate people are going to expect X Y and Z we have to give it to them right so I think that's one thing they're going to have to adapt to
0: oh yeah they're I think they're learning some lessons I think from this show in particular sorry my lighting I'm, I've am i been trying to fight I, my lighting I know
1: I know there's nothing yeah I know like uh, you're completely blown out but there's nothing you can do yeah
0: oh I'm sorry I'm sorry Um, but yeah no it's I agree with you completely. Like it's just going forward. I think they're learning some lessons from this show. Um, You know, (laughs) Wanda Vision for the better part was an extremely intriguing and interesting success and a mystery, except for that last episode. But again, you unwrap the you unwrap the gift. The mystery's gone. Right. Uh, This show, I (laughs) I'm actually gonna I'm gonna uh, postulate that I think this would have been better as a two and a half hour movie. Uh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Take the best elements and fix the the bad elements. You're right, and just make a two hour movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think this would have been an effective film, and I mean, like, I love Anthony Mackie, and I I like Sebastian Stan too. I liked him better in the Captain America films. I think this is my least favorite performance of his. Um, he's just very he's very dulled out in this series. Um, but I I love I loved seeing Anthony Mackie grow. I loved you know. Um, his character arc i loved his commentary on racism in america and i freaking love the way he integrated the captain america suit with the wings that was so badass and it's just it was so fluid like that like quick fight scene he had with carly and sure Ugh i'm excited to see more of him
1: but now one thing i gotta point out and again i can forgive a lot because i can you know i love superheroes i love superhero movies but when he when he has like the duffel bag of his suit and the guy's like don't you want your suit he's like you can keep it i'm like gee i wonder what's gonna happen next but it's also like uh that thing's worth like two and a half billion dollars maybe you want to like you know take that with you i don't know i just thought that was a little bit melodramatic and then i I thought it was funny that he showed up in this new costume. like when did he have time to make this costume? but whatever again i can forgive it but i thought it was funny
0: is this are you talking about a falcon yeah didn't he get... I thought he got his new suit from Wakanda. I thought that's who shipped it.
1: Oh, maybe it was. I I must have totally missed that. Because when he showed up in the
0: suit, I was like, where did this come from? It was the end of the last episode, I believe. He got, like, that briefcase on the on the oh, bed.
1: Oh, yes. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Again,
0: though, you are forgiven for not noticing that because the damn storytelling is not effective. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Um, so, yeah, I just... Again, I I don't want to. I don't want to get too negative because I feel like that probably turns off listeners. Um, But I, I, there's some great, you know, elements to the show. But I'm sorry, I'm I'm happy this show's over.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the thing is that my first impression was this is a big come down from Wandavision, and I was kind of right. Like, there's no way you can follow Wandavision, and (sighs) you know, I feel like Wandavision was the most experimental thing Marvel did and one of the best things they did. And now we're kind of back to status quo Marvel. So I'm just point.
0: Well, so I, I, I am excited in a couple of weeks to see Loki. I think that's again, now that we're getting into an interesting concept again, a little, right. uh, You know, it's not, it's not completely experimental like WandaVision, but it's certainly a lot more universe building. Right. And so I'm excited for Loki. I think that's going to wash the bad taste of the show out of my, out of my mouth.
1: Yeah, and, and based on the trailers, Loki was the one I was most excited for. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Loki.
0: So, I, I have to ask the question because I have you on here. There's been talks, I think I was reading an article on IGN, about um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and possibly Loki. Be, uh, they were been submitted as, um, I, I don't know which category, but basically they were not submitted as miniseries, which means that there is potential for there to be a season two of this show. If there is, A, would you want to see it? B, what would you want to see in a second season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier?
1: Well, first, they'll probably probably call it Captain American Winter Soldier, right?
0: Yes, totally. Or
1: Captain American Bucky or whatever. Um, I don't know. I guess as far as what I want to see, again, I like the rivalry. So I'd like to see them. You know, it'd be nice to see them in constant, uh, constantly butting heads with U.S. agent. That would be cool. Right and kind of just continuing that on, um, bringing back Baron Zemo and doing more with him would be nice, right? And then just, you know, Madripoor—that's a whole. uh, That's you know, I don't know if you know about Madripoor. That's from the Wolverine, the the Wolverine solo series, right? Like, there's so much to explore there, you know. That
0: was that was when he was a patch. Exactly right. Yeah. Well, I was. I, I don't think Jolie and I talked about this, but there was a rumor going around last year that in Madripoor, we were supposed to get an introduction to Omega Red, and I freaked out. I was like, oh sure. sure. that would be right. so cool. Right. Um, and that would have kind of given us a, a, a soft introduction into Mutants. Sure, um, sure. We didn't get that, which no. is fine. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe for season two, though. Maybe they'll maybe they'll run across him in season two at Madripoor. That's
1: the thing. Is like, there's so many, you know... Yeah. Captain, like I said, there's 800 Captain America comics. There's, I don't know how many Wolverine comics, but there's almost infinite amount of stories to draw from, right? So, like, even Omega Red, they could keep that going forever, you know? So there's plenty more where this came from, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that is probably the logical step for a season two is more stuff with U.S. agent um, (sighs) Sharon Carter. See, like, I, I would like to see her return, but I would also like to see Sharon Carter step it up and start fucking with the avengers on a sure, broad scale sure sure so i i could see that going either way preferably i'd like her to to become a big bad like big bad but like she's also a human so like meh, how big, bad, right, right. big of a bad can you be um so i'm interested to see where that goes man um but yeah i i'm not looking forward to watching this season again anytime soon
1: no uh the only the, the one thing I'll, i want to say too before we wrap up is uh how do you see the lineup for a future avengers movie now because the way it's going, it's probably going to be Doctor Strange, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Wanda, maybe Vision, maybe yeah.
0: Spider-Man, Spider-Man, uh, Ant-Man, uh, Ant-Man, um, gosh, there's got to be a few more. I, it's it's I, Wasp, maybe. Yeah, Wasp, Wasp, yep. Um, That's probably it, right? Um, it, the Guardians, I could see either being in or out. I don't know. I guess they would include them because the whole pretense of the Avengers is all of your heroes together. So I guess sure, Guardians sure. bring you up to 12, but they kind of function as a unit most of the time. Yeah. Um, so I think it's time to start bringing in some mutants. Oh, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> and mean... I, think, I think it's time to start maybe doing Avengers versus X Men.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, and, and here's the thing I'm not even, I, 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 don't, I don't think I even really read that new series. I know the one from the 80s. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't that doesn't excite me as much, but I'm just I'm right now rewatching. Uh, I just rewatched Wolverine, uh, the second one, the Wolverine, and I'm gonna rewatch Days of Future Past and Logan. And I I love all these characters, but X Men is my favorite. So I cannot wait for them to do X Men. You know,
0: I yeah the what do you think of the Wolverine? It's not bad.
1: No, it's not bad. It's I think it's like. Three quarters good. <laughs> Basically, it's, it's an adaptation of the miniseries by Chris Kleinman and Frank Miller. And everything they they adapted and used was good. And everything they added was bad. Like the big robot Silver Samurai. Oh And it was just stupid. The backstory with the guy was okay, but not great. Yeah. And uh, what's her name? What's the girl's name? Viper?
0: Yeah, Vi- Viper she was, was o- poor.
1: Yeah, she. I mean, she's okay, but just didn't fit, you know? Yeah. But,
0: um... Have you when you when you watch Days of Future Past again are you going to watch the original or the rogue cut?
1: I forgot about that. Um, I think it's going to be whatever's available on Disney Plus. Do you know which cut that is? Or is it or... Just,
0: I think it's just the original.
1: I'll try to dig up the rogue cut then.
0: Yeah. It's it's different. It's yeah. I don't know if I like it better, but it's different.
1: Well, and the thing is that movie like the X-Men movies are all okay. But, like, as far as the team movies go, that one is by far the best. I, I
0: agree. I think that's yeah. the best The best X-Men movie, which, again, is not saying much. Um, yeah. <laughs> I give it, like, I mean, I, I was gaga about it at the time when it came out. Because I was like, oh, they finally did something right. right. right, right. But it, compared to the Avengers movies, no. No. it's
1: <laughs> No. I, I But to be honest, I mean, I don't even think the... Uh, I, I think... The actual stories in the Avengers movies are not spectacular. Other than, like, I think um, Infinity War is the best one. Oh. Yeah, the first one and the second one, I don't think the stories are that great. I think it's more like there's great scenes and great moments. But I think the plot of Days of Future Past is better, personally.
0: Yeah, I agree. The, The plot and the story of Days of Future Past and the novelty of bringing in two casts together... They they freaking lucked out with that. They, right,
1: <laughs> exactly. They, yeah,
0: you're right. Oh man, they that's something that nobody else can claim right now. Right. But the the action scenes pale in comparison to the Avengers. Pale. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're right. <laughs> and 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 let's be this is a whole other episode, but I am not a fan of Brian Singer. I never was. No. Uh, and and that's the thing about him is I think he got lucky a few times, but he's not a good director, and so
0: the only thing he got right and it's because he is a minority i think he has that perspective is he was great at the us versus them analogy that underlies the x-men that's right the only thing i will give him that i think he did a great job on everything right. else action set pieces dialogue is dark.
1: <laughs> I, and you know i'll give him credit for casting i mean yes. jackman ian uh, mckellen patrick stewart i mean some of those some of those choices are no one could have done a better job like the Hugh yeah. Jackman, right? So, yeah, I'll give him credit for that.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, you're right. That's a totally different episode. Right. Um, but yeah, I um, I think that covers everything. I think we're, we've sufficiently shamed Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but also look forward to brighter days. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's kind of just what I thought it would be. So that's all I can say.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm you know, just to wrap up again, I want to thank Mike L for, for guesting with me today. Um, you know, we, we hope GI Julie will be back with us soon. Um, and you know, and, uh, until then, you know, keep it loud, keep it at full volume. Thanks guys.
1: All right. See ya. Thanks again.